Today is a good day. We decree and declare it. We write it out. We we speak it out of our mouth. We just declare that today is a good day, um, that it is an amazing day. Uh, we speak that over your life as well. It doesn't matter where you are. We're just declaring God to show up like never before. So happy Monday, L. How are you? I'm great, ma'am. Today is good. I I love the whole new vibe. I love everything. Like, hi, happy Monday. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I am. I'm excited about today's show because we have a very special guest on today to share some insight, to talk to us about some things that are going on, you know, around us in the world and just uh, let just just kind of give us a prophetic word as to what, what is the Lord speaking to him in this time like he's been on the show several times and we're just looking forward to having him on the show today I, I'm excited you know that the Lord blessed me to see another birthday so I celebrated Aww. my birthday this past weekend so woo, 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 for birthday. Happy, birthday. I am, yes. happy birthday again thank you yep. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I am so blessed. I'm so grateful just to to, to see another year. Like yes. it's been rough out here, and we're just you know praying for all of those who has lost who have lost loved ones, and you know people who are just going through right now. So it's just a blessing to to be a blessing, blessing to be alive. So you know right. I'm grateful for that. Yes, yeah. yes, and it's just you got these new things just going. You know, mm -hmm. I do want to note that. This broadcast can be seen all the behind the scenes on your YouTube channel. So I'm just like proud of you and just everything that's going on for you. This is a great birth year. I'm so excited for you. Yes, thank you, Elle. And I'm excited for you as well. Um, God has been using you to create platforms for people to, to come together and meet digitally, you know, all over. Uh, Gaston County just did this, an amazing forum with yes. all of the, the people who are running for school board in Gaston yes. County. And you yes. brought them together. You really orchestrated that thing until it, it just went over so well and so it was it was nice so i'm just proud of what you're doing proud thank of you ma'am yes what god is doing you know god because yes. god is still god he's still yes. good. god is so amazing he's still doing great things in the lives of his people and we have to continue to trust him walk by faith not by sight continue to allow god to use us in the way that he will use us you know yes. sometimes we get caught up in the game of trying to be like everybody else or trying to trying so hard to reach that next level Right. And so we don't spend time just smelling the roses, just yes. enjoying life, relax, breathe in, breathe out, relax, take it all in. We have to walk through this thing. This this is a time right now that we have to continue. We have to truly walk with God. 
Yes. We have to walk yes. with them. Because, yes, I agree. Yeah, this is, this is a time where we just can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. You cannot mm-hmm. do it alone. So, yes, yeah. a high faith time. This is, is, this is, faith is thinner stage in this season. Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that, you know, that leads us to our special guest today. It's none other than Apostle Kevin Michael, who I've, so many people have uh, called me and told me, you know, oh, that apostle that was on there, I'm telling you, he blessed me. So you, you've had one of the best shows we've had on the show. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. So Apostle Kevin, thank you so much for joining us again on the Life in the Now broadcast. Listen, Apostle, I am so happy to be with you guys. It's such a deep honor. I mean, it's really a joy and an honor to be here. Happy belated birthday. You guys look amazing. What you're doing in the background. I feel so embarrassed. I'm sitting here with my dog and y'all look like y'all are in Hollywood. So I'm I'm just glad to be here. Apostle, I want to talk to you. I want to pick your brain today. You know, the people want to hear. And there are some people who are truly, truly still in a place where we want to hear what God is saying during this season. I know we have COVID going on. There's a lot of, you know, sickness and people are people have lost family members, things like that. So we, we've been through this for months and seem like now the, the numbers are rising again and all these things, you know, mandatory mask, you know, wearing a mask and all of that. Then you have people protesting the injustices that, that are happening. And, I, you know, I just, I wanted to talk to you to just, you know, what, what is the Lord saying to you? You know, talk to us today. Well, you, you know, I think there's so many spheres of influence that we need to actually address now. And it's almost like you you almost have to lean in and focus to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying on very specific topics and putting them in uh, very definite spaces in our life to see how we're supposed to um, be proactive to what the Holy Spirit is saying. I think one of the problems in the church is that we've still been busy being very reactive to everything is going on. And the purpose of the Holy Spirit speaking to us is that we might be proactive. He's, he's trying to talk to us about things that are coming, not necessarily what's happening, but what's coming. Um, and this is indicative of the spirit of the truth that's in us when we receive the power of the Holy Spirit. It's so that we can be prepared for future events and to know what is what's going on in the realm of the earth. And so I think there are uh, a number of things that you have uh, just kind of spoken towards. And mm-hmm. we have kind of grown accustomed to at this stage of this pandemic. We it, It's now um, been normalized to us for whatever reason. When, when it first started, um, most of us, even the people who were uh, spirit-filled, Holy Ghost, blood-bought believers had a little bit of panic surrounding it, had a little bit of stress, had a little bit of anxiety, maybe even a little bit of fear initially, because we didn't know exactly what to expect. And most of us um, began to believe some of the worst projections. And so we, then we started governing ourselves accordingly with the quarantine and not going out and, you know, sheltering in place and, and all those things. And uh, the reality is, is that nothing has really gotten any better. The projections have gotten a little bit worse, but we've normalized it to the degree that it's just be- kind of become something that um, we've kind of grown accustomed to. And, and I think that's a, 
uh, dangerous position to be in because we should never normalize something that causes us to be in any form of bondage whatsoever. My God. My Where the God. spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And the body of Christ has to rise up and say, um, we will not be damned by this thing. Mm. There's no way that we will be held back and restricted and limited to the abundant life that Jesus has promised us because of what our government is saying, because of what politicians are saying, because of what projections are saying. We yet know what the spirit of the Lord is saying. We yet trust in God. We do believe that he is still faithful and just, and that even in um, a moment of crisis, or a pandemic, we still believe that he is a provider, that he's a healer, that he is a way maker, that he is a miracle worker. And we have to be steadfast in those kinds of um, stands in our faith because otherwise we'll see ourselves being conformed to this world rather than being uh, transformed by the renewing, the continual upgrade of our mindset spiritually. And so um, it was really interesting because one day last week, I, I don't have a lot of uh, prophetic dreams. I don't have a lot of, of of open visions necessarily. I'm not that guy who runs around and says, you know, thus saith the Lord. Mm-hmm. But one day last week, um, in a rare occasion, um, I, I was startled. I woke up at exactly 2.22 a.m. I looked at my phone. I picked it up and it was it was 2.22 a.m. And I understand that two is the number of agreement and that mm-hmm. there's multiples and things. And when I woke up, I heard the Lord say um, that the next 18 months are going to be very challenging months for um, the carnal mindset. For those who are spiritual, it's going to be an amazing time of reformation, of, of really upgrading our faith in God, of upgrading our trust in God, really learning how to depend on God again, really learning how he is our source and our substance, our all in all, that we can do nothing without him, that he's our strength. He's causing us to come back to a place of our first love with him. But for people who are um, carnally minded and functioning in the realm of the soul, the next 18 months are going to be quite challenging. And I think they're going to be challenging globally and especially for America. And when the moment I heard that, you know, the Bible talks about this um, woman that, that was in the Bible who had been bent over. She was bent over for 18 years. Mm-hmm. And bent over simply means that this woman only had a vision or a uh, focus. She was only able to look down. She wasn't able to lift up her eyes. She was only able to look down. So her focus was earthly. It was carnal. It was everything that was happening in the natural. She was looking uh, down uh, from, you know, as like the dust of the earth, how she came about and those kinds of things. And she had struggled for 18 years and God had to eventually uh, straighten her up. And when she was able to be straightened up, the first thing she did was praise God. And we Mm. know that this woman in the scripture represents a type of church. It represents a type of church that has been so busy looking at what is going on in the realm of the earth that we're unable to focus and see what God is doing in the heavens. It's almost like Isaiah in Isaiah chapter five, where he's saying, woe to this one, woe to that one, woe to this one, woe to that one. And even though he's a prophetic voice, even though he's a prophet of God, he's looking at things in Isaiah chapter five on a natural level. And he's announcing and pronouncing woe or negativity everywhere. Mm -hmm. You go to the very next chapter in Isaiah chapter six, verse one, 
you know, it, he says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, sitting on his throne, and the angels were flying around him, the cherubims, seraphims, and they were crying one to another, holy, 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 the whole earth is filled with his glory. Now, in one chapter, here's a prophet standing in the realm of the earth crying, whoa, whoa, whoa. In the next chapter, he sees uh, what's happening in the heavens, and the heavens, uh, the angels are saying, the whole earth is filled with glory. And, and it's like, okay, they're both looking at the same earth, so which one is right? It's all a matter of perspective. It's how you see it. It's how you choose to uh, look at things. And so when I saw this, this thing and I heard in my spirit, the next 18 months are going to be tumultuous and challenging months. Ooh. I then heard the Lord break it down into six months. The next six months being uh, more racial division, uh, more separations of, of families and uh, more choosing and picking uh, camps and flags and uh, political candidates and all those kinds of things, all the division that leads up that we always see when we're nearing the end of an election cycle. And when I looked at this thing and I heard the Lord say in the next six months, there'll be more political division. I realized that that leads all the way up to the next inauguration, because whoever that's going to be, then the next six months after that are going to be more protest. It's going to be more people. Uh, there's going to be more racial rhetoric. It doesn't matter who wins. If, if, um, if Trump is reelected, there's going to be a, a group of people that are going to show up in Washington and every city on, on the, the planet, and they're going to protest. If Biden wins, there's going to be people that show up and protest. So we've, we're focusing on Washington when Washington can't help us at this stage. Come on. Only God can help us. There is not a political candidate or a party that has the answer for what's going on. And we're going to see this six months between now and the inauguration of more racial division, more uh, climates of hostility, more things just to try to separate us as a people. And it's going to have a, a major impact on the church like it already has. Then the next six months will be, again, protest. It will be standing up and it will basically be reacting to you know how people are. And this is one of the problems with with um, with uh, democratic societies and voting and, and things like that, which is not a not an accurate biblical. Model. God likes people to be appointed in. He likes people to be called. Mm -hmm. God would rather have people in place that have an anointing or a grace for the position rather yes. than a popularity for it. Yeah. And so what happens in voting situations is winners act like winners and losers act like losers. And most of the time, um, it doesn't really matter if the vote is accurate or not. You're still going to have some kind of display. And so we're going to see this childish and childlike behavior after the inauguration that's going to trickle down. And then the next six months after that will be those of just settling in. People will settle into um, their belief systems, whether they are godly or not, whether they are accurate or not. They'll just settle in and they'll make their stance to say, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to be allegiant to the, to my belief system. They'll just own certain things. And so when he broke that down, I saw it in three compartments of six, which is six, six, six. And I heard the Lord say, the spirit of antichrist is already released in the earth. We don't have to wait for a figurehead or uh, a person that is identified. As a matter of fact, John would say uh, of antichrist, it was plural. It's more of a spiritual thing. It's more of a mindset. And so I believe the, the next 18 months will be much more of an antichrist type spirit that's being released uh, in the realm of the earth 
And, and the reason why I said it's good news for people of faith who are spiritual is because we then realize it's our time to shine. Wow. Because what Antichrist does is he comes to create a counterfeit model, a counterfeit Christ, um, one who is just close enough that we miss the mark and, and we have the wrong kind of focus when the accurate image of God is who people need to see in the realm of the earth. And that's where the church comes in. It's our time to rise and shine and let the glory of the Lord be risen among us. It's time, you know, the, the scripture says yes. that the God of this world has blinded the minds so that they cannot see the glory of God in us, his creation. And so I believe that we are in for very difficult times, but it's going to build our faith. And it's the struggle that always makes us stronger. I wish I could say that we're going to be able to snap our fingers and everything's going to pop off and be right. But we've got a long way to go to climb out of this uh, current culture we found ourselves in. And um, it's going to be it's going to be a challenge to our flesh and to our soul. It's going to be important to take care of ourselves physically, to change our diets, to eat the right kind of foods, to start taking the garbage out of our natural systems. It's going to be important to fill our mind, our soul, our mental well-being, what we're looking, what we're listening to, what we're reading, what we're participating in with things that are healthy. It's going to be incredibly important because there's going to be a, a major onslaught against the soul and the flesh. That's why we've got to choose in these next 18 months to walk in the spirit. Wow. Wow. Apostle, you have you you just answered maybe <laughs> you answered five questions all in that. I'm so grateful that you were that that you shared the dream and the interpretation of what God was saying to you in that dream because um I believe totally that this is the time for us to let our light shine, to come to the forefront, to, to be the salt of the earth, you know, to be the ones that, that brings forth some kind of healing, some type of consolation, because, you know, there are some people who have turned a deaf ear to the word of God, to the Bible, to uh, men and women of God who are preaching, but then there are some people who are hanging on to every word. They're hanging on, they're wanting to hear a word from the Lord. And so you've just given us a, a boost to, to get, in, get in order, to align ourselves up with what God is doing right now. We don't have to fight it. You don't have to um, live in fear. But you need to shift into a place where uh, you, you get yourself in order, your, your bodies, your temples, like all of this is definitely confirmation. So I, I truly, oh, my God, it, you know, everything that you've said, it's time now for the anointed and the appointed, you know, to really come forth. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you you answered you answered about five questions in, in your whole talk. Apostle. What is it in this time that you are you are sharing with your ministry, with your church? What is the the culture 
uh, or the temperature in your ministry right now, you know, for people that are in ministry, a lot of people don't know what to do. A lot of them have, you know, closed their churches. A lot of them are just like, well, you know, I'm just, just at a standstill. Yeah. You know, this is, this has been probably one of the most challenging seasons. I deal with pastors um, on a daily basis and um, I've got a lot of uh, pastoral friends I, I, I'm talking to, and most of them are having um, the most challenging season that they've ever experienced in their ministry because wow. um, this uh, pandemic uh, did, to a certain degree, catch us by surprise, revealed our weaknesses, and put us in some very uh, difficult places. And you know, there's so much that I could say about that. I, I will tell you that when it first started, um, I started preaching on uh, that reformation of the church, that crafting of the new wineskin. I went all the way back to December when you and I had first had our conversation. Yes. And I said, now this is now what I saw for 2020. I'm now beginning to understand it. So I started talking about it in a little bit more um, depth and clarity. And the reality is, is that everything that we have been looking at in our ministry as it related to Matthew chapter 21 and Jesus coming into the temple, turning over tables, kicking out the, the people that were in authority, chasing out those who were selling doves, the Holy Spirit, those that were messing with our money, all those things mm -hmm. like that to reform and renew the place. We're seeing it happen before our very eyes. I, we've got in, in, um, my church, we've got an upheaval. And one of the main things of upheaval, upheaval that we're dealing with is this spirit of racism that's going on. I've got a multicultural church. Right. Um, uh, it's mixed, but it's not mixed to the degree that it should be considering my address. And what I found is that um, one of the things that we really need to focus on, I think, in, in my local assembly and the church um in America, especially the southern part of America, is we have got to pull, we've got to literally defeat this principality of racism once and for all. We have lost that battle every single time we 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 wake up this sleeping giant every time we let him win. Mm. And we are at a tipping point right now, like we have never uh, seen in our lifetime. And we've got to push it over the edge. We cannot go back to the days of uh, notions of of um, uh, superiority and inferiority and all this nonsense that's in the church. We have really got to, you know, I've seen people come on and say we bind the spirit of racism. And my argument to that is that racism is not a spirit that you can bind. It's mm. a root that you've got to dig out. Wow. It's a stronghold. It is a mindset. It's a principality. It is one of those things that has to be rooted out, cast down, overthrown, torn out, and then been, be rebuilt. We've really got to uh, see this happening. And so I'm I'm going to be going back into um, my building with a um, with a thought and an idea that we've got to build the kind of church that Jesus died to start. And if this is what we've been preaching, this is what we've been hearing, we've got to do that at any cost. And that means that I'm going to lose some people who are racist. I'm going to lose some people that are control freaks. I'm going to lose some people that are not willing to, to wake up. You said something so incredibly profound and sad at the same time. You said that there is a group of people that um, really don't even care what the word says. They have already established their uh, belief system. I, I was talking with um, 
an individual a couple days ago because I've taken a lot of, of uh, pushback for um, standing with the principle of Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And also uh, I took a lot of pushback because I put out a video about um, removing uh, Confederate statues and those kinds of things. And so obviously I had some um, of, uh, you know, my vanilla brothers and sisters, some some Caucasians, they got really upset with me about that. I lost some uh, acquaintances. I almost said friends, but it, it was it was an interesting time. And so this this one lady decided to take me to task on that, and we were just talking about that whole thing of of these um, icons, these memorials, these statues, these monuments that have been placed, and we placed them there because we wanted to give them honor. Mm-hmm. We wanted to give evil a place of honor. Oh. Now, how how that even works in a person's mind, I don't understand. I don't understand how you honor or pay homage to someone who was evil, especially when you wake up and realize that what they did was wrong. Mm-hmm. And at the at the root of it, I said, you know. Well, let's just be honest. There's no there's no biblical principle whatsoever for having a statue, statue or a monument anyway. There's nothing in the scripture that tells us to do that. But there is a scripture that says, you shall not make any graven images mm-hmm. of any likeness of things in heaven, on the earth, or in the waters. It says simply don't make them, period. And so we've got a generation of people that hold things sacred that aren't even scriptural. Wow. And she literally said to me, I don't care what the Bible says. I mean, this is supposed to be a believer. She said, I don't care what the Bible says. I don't want you to be tearing down monuments. And so I said to her, well, there's a lot of monument tearing down in the Bible, actually. There's a lot of breaking down of idols and crushing Mm -hmm. of altars and things. And we've got to be willing to sacrifice our political affiliations, our mindsets, whatever we've been taught or trained our life, we've got to be able to sacrifice that at the altar of truth. You're listening to Life in the Now Radio with Nikki Collins. Make sure you tune in next week. This discussion continues next week. You don't want to miss part two right here on Life in the Now Radio. Until then, remember to live your life in the now. This edition of Life in the Now Radio is brought to you by the Ruth Mentoring Project for Women and Girls. We are celebrating Class 7. Ruth Project Class 7 will have a drive through graduation celebration in Tallahassee Sunday, July 26th. For more information, log on to NikkiCollins.org.